The impact of AI is almost impossible to overstate. Since 2022, the ripple of AI has turned into a tidal wave around the world, impacting almost all industries and areas of expertise. Perhaps nowhere is this felt more than in finance and investing. Bloomberg, an incredibly recognizable and longtime global leader in business and financial information, has a lot to say on the topic, and it turns out has its own AI large language model. More on that in just a moment, as we dig deeper on the hopes, aspirations, and possible ramifications of AI in finance and investing in this special tech edition of Business Extra, recording from the World Government Summit in Dubai. Joining me now from the World Government Summit, Sean Edwards, Chief Technology Officer at Bloomberg, and Gary Gazantsev, Head of Quant Technology at Bloomberg. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us, Cody. So it's no surprise, AI again on front and center stage here at the World Government Summit. What's your reaction to that? It's not a surprise, but this AI locomotive keeps on going. Yeah, it is uh, changing almost every industry fundamentally in a fundamental way. Um, it's We've been using AI for over 15 years at our company at Bloomberg. And with this latest technology, generative AI, it's poised to be a huge revolution in what we do. So this is a million dollar question, a billion dollar question, <laughs> billion. I suppose you could say. <laughs> Multi-billion. Yeah. What is AI's impact on finance so far, if anything? Uh, we, we use it to process massive amounts of data. We ingest two and a half million documents every day, just as an example. We have thousands of machine learning models who are looking at those documents and looking at market impact scores, extracting information, and uh, we use it to generate signals and insights for our customers. And every day our customers are touching AI because we use it to build a terminal in the most, some of the most advanced features that we have. Every day people are using it. So to us, this is bread and butter. And Gary, we hear a lot about machine learning, but what about machine learning impacts finance, investing, things along those lines? The buzzword gets thrown around all the time. Yes, indeed. It has been thrown around for some time, right? So as Sean said, uh, we had been investing in this space for over 15 years. Back then, the world was a very different place, uh, and you know, the state of the open source community was very, very different. Uh, a lot of the tools that we use nowadays were not available, so a lot of the technology uh, that we kind of take for granted today had to be built basically from the ground up, from scratch. Uh, but there have been a few of our uh, kind of partners and clients who have been with us on the whole journey since, that, since back then, right? And at this point, I think the impacts are quite diverse, right? So there are... Um, Kind of improvements to human workflows, right? Where we can make, for example, analysts, right, and um, traders more efficient. Right? We can apply these methods to pricing and to risk. We can apply these methods to execution, right? So at this point, pretty much every part of the investment workflow has been touched by machine learning in somewhere, right? Every part of it could be. Automated. Yeah, I, I would add that in if you step out a little bit and step back a little bit, and the big picture is. We have been using AI to help our customers deal with the massive amount of information, information overload for our users. And so in one way or the other, we're using AI to help them cope with that, find the most important piece of information or be alerted to something that is something that's happening that they really need to know about. I think, and I think that's going to continue. I think we can make the systems even better. 
And I think you have your own offering that I keep hearing about, Bloomberg GPT. Is that accurate? Is that what it's called? It's uh, it is it's Bloomberg GPT. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was a research project in a, in a paper that we published in March. Uh, it was a large model that we trained. Uh, it was the world's first finance-specific, domain-specific, large language model. Um, it was unique because it was large, but we also trained it on really interesting amount of open source data that everybody uses, but also finance data. And since then, we have been building even more powerful models, models teaching it about derivatives and macro information and commodities. And so we're continuing to train. We've been building more, all sorts of models of different sizes and of different shapes, if you will. And now we're starting to actually release products using these models. And hypothetically, if all investors were to use the same AI data, wouldn't that affect volatility to some extent? Would that be a, a yeah. would be in a completely different investing world, or is that kind no, of no? No, you know, I think that's. I don't think it's actually unique to 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 even AI. We have democratized Bloomberg's mission, in some sense, is to democratize information. The fact that uh, you know people have access to this really rich set of data and analytics, even if it's not AI, just levels a playing field. The users, the companies, they have to still put in their own ideas. They still have to be, you know, compete uh, on the most insightful way to make money or to invest. And so we're giving them the tools. They still have to do their job. They still have to have their secret sauce. And Gary, what about data bias? We keep hearing so much about that. and. The fact that a lot of these LLMs use historical data that m might have biases, is that something that's being addressed or is that kind of an overblown fear? No, it's certainly not an overgrown fear, but it is a larger issue than just uh, generative AI or large language models. The kind of questions of bias, right, they affect pretty much any machine learning model, right? And there is a whole field of study within the machine learning uh, kind of specialization in computer science, which is called algorithmic fairness, right? So there is a great deal of kind of careful thought, right, and methodology that needs to go into these kinds of models, right, to essentially first detect, right, and then alleviate different kinds of biases, right? And bias is a very, very broad term, yeah. right? It could mean many, many different things. So there are temporal biases, right? So these models, for example, they are trained on historical data, right? Uh, that means that uh, whatever it had seen in the past, right, you know, probabilistically, that's the thing that it's most likely going to predict, right? But past is not always representative of the future, right? So that's one type of bias. But then there is also things like imbalances, right, biases in purely kind of human terms, right? So, for example, uh, if you look at an application of machine learning, which is actually quite current, so, you know, people are using this uh, t kind of technology to profile people's resumes and CVs, right? Uh, well, if you look at historical data, then majority of people who had ever been hired for engineering positions were male. Do you want that model to continue to propagate that kind of bias going forward? Probably not, right? So there is quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot we could say about this. That's a whole... Kind of I, I would I would add that there's there's one important step that everybody has to take or that Bloomberg takes is actually understanding your data and using high quality data and um, and cataloging and understanding the provenance of your data and so 
just a source information is very important. So garbage in, garbage out. And so that's one part of what, what you're doing. Make sure you don't have garbage when you're training these models or using it even to answer a question. And you said something a few moments ago. You said Bloomberg has been using AI to some extent for the last 10 or 15 years. Yeah. In that light, are fears about AI overblown or is there a happy medium there? What do you think? Yeah, I think um, there's a lot of hype, uh, both on the positive side of, of AI and generative AI. Uh, I do think it is it is a game changer. I do think it is an incredibly powerful tool. Um, on the other, say, uh, other hand, I do think there's a lot of hype on the dangers. And I think people are kind of missing the point. Uh, I'm not in one of the boats, I'm not in the boat that says that, you know, we're close to generative, uh, or general AI. Uh, I think there's real risks that Gary just mentioned about using these tools without understanding what they're doing, about the fact that these models, these new models, generative AI, actually can, um, can hallucinate and give you, you know, very convincing answers, but they're wrong. They don't really have a ground source of truth. Uh, I think the, the danger is trusting these models in mission-critical uh, places without understanding the fact that they don't really understand logic very well. Um, and so I think the, the, the concerns I have, and, and bias is, is the one that was just mentioned, I think my concerns were more like the practical use cases. People really have to understand what the, it's good at and what it's not good at. You touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the biggest misconceptions people have currently about AI being implemented <laughs> in finance and investing? Yeah, that we're gonna build a model that says, you know, what's the price of Apple tomorrow? <laughs> it, like it's magic. It's not magic. And this is right? this is not new, right? So like people have always been looking at these kinds of new technologies as a sort of a magic wand that you can wave that will solve all the problems kind of you have, right? And it's not like that. It's a technology like any other, right? It has limitations, right? It has its own properties, right? Where it is and is not applicable. And it requires, again, careful thought, right? To understand uh, exactly how to use this technology, right? In a particular domain, right? So like the way that you would use it in finance and the kinds of problems that you have to deal with in finance are quite different from the way that you would use them, for example, in medicine, right? Or in biology or something like that, right? Uh, and, uh, and if I think uh, education is really the key issue here, right? So again, particularly for decision makers, particularly for people who are stakeholders, understanding what these models are and are not capable of, right? And what they can and cannot do, I think, is a very important thing. We're here at the World Government Summit, of course, but at the World Economic Forum, their annual risk assessment, once again, year after year, this year is no different, cybersecurity is near the top of the list. And they, I'm paraphrasing, but combined with AI, cybersecurity is that much more of a threat. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that as it might impact finance potentially? Well, I, I, I would say that the converse is true as well. Uh, the good guys are using AI to improve their defenses. They're, we're using it to uh, scan our code and look for vulnerabilities. Uh, and so it's just one more tool out there. I do think it's a risk. I do think you're, uh, the, the malicious actors are, have ever par more powerful tools. They have the cloud. They have large-scale computing. They have, they have uh, all sorts of access that maybe previous generations you just didn't have. Uh, and so I think it's a two-edged sword here. I think that 
AI is going to benefit the defenders, and it's also going to benefit the uh, offense. I'm not sure which way it's going to tilt. Right. So Sean, I think, captured it quite well, right? So it is definitely a concern, right? There are other concerns, right, with regards to applications of AI. So, you know, I mentioned biotechnology, for instance, right? So you could use one of these models just as well, right, to produce, for example, you know, candidate molecules for drug discovery, but you could also use it to find chemical weapons, right? So like, there was a paper last year that did this uh, as a thought experiment. Uh, and kind of, it's the same with cybersecurity. I think we can assume and anticipate that open source kind of, and um, open source community and open academic research is going to benefit the quote-unquote white hat uh, community more than black hat, right? So like it, it kind of, it's uh, hard to keep things secret, right? Uh, you know, especially when everyone has access to the same code analysis and code generation tools, right? So, and then it's just a question of resources, right? And forgive the big picture question, but what's Bloomberg doing here at the World Government Summit? How are you uh, finding it so far? Anything enlightening? It's, uh, so far it's been amazing. It's an incredible conference. Um, uh, I got to sit through uh, Jensen Wong's uh, CEO of NVIDIA's um, discussion uh, uh, with uh, the Minister of AI. Uh, fantastic discussion, very inspiring. I'm looking forward to other uh, conferences. I think finance is such an important part of the world. Finance is an important part of government. Um, we, uh, we have central banks around the world that use our products. And so um, understanding AI and finance is important for governments everywhere. And so uh, we will continue to collaborate with governments around the world. We'll continue to learn uh, and we're going to sit in other sessions and uh, we look forward to it. And not to put you on the spot, but uh, we're still hearing a lot of the session from Jensen Huang here at the World Government Summit. What was your takeaway from that? Uh, look, he's in, he, uh, inspiring. Um, he's very, uh, he painted a, very, a picture that is very hopeful. And I tend to lean that way as well. I think the democratization of this technology, especially in the open source community, uh, I think this is gonna benefit, it's gonna outweigh the negatives. It's gonna benefit mankind globally. Uh, and it really comes down to human beings making the right choices. But the tools are, are there for everybody to use. AI, we haven't heard the last of it. We're gonna be talking about it a lot more, but something I always ask people about this topic when they're on this podcast is, is there anything that I'm not asking about this that you want people to know? You know one of the key things that people are kind of talking about nowadays is about things like possibility of artificial general intelligence, right? So I can whether or not you know, we might anticipate, uh, for example, uh, like large-scale loss of employment due to automation, right, as these models become more and more powerful, right? So, like, in some domains, I think that is a concern. So, for example, visual arts, right, creative writing, that sort of stuff, uh, kind of where suddenly we have powerful tools for image generation, right, and assistance for uh, kind of copy editing and things like that, right? But kind of on a longer time scale, in a medium to long term, if you look all the way back to Industrial Revolution, there is no 
evidence to long-term uh, kind of job displacement due to technology and automation. So uh, while there might be, I think, kind of short-term disruption, which can be very uh, kind of profound for a lot of people, right, on a longer time scale, right, I think uh, we have reasons to be hopeful right, and to be optimistic. So I think that's one kind of thing that you know, a lot of people worry about. I, I think uh, one other aspect that I find very interesting is that with this new type of AI, generative AI, it also is democratizing what it means to be a programmer. Who can build these systems? Today, with a kind of a traditional AI, it's really AI experts, com computer scientists with master's degrees and PhDs. With this new type of technology, you talk to it in human language. And so now the people building the systems and more and more are going to be the domain experts, the people who know about medicine or know about government or know about whatever topic they're talking about. And it's not just a dependency on the computer scientists. I think that's a fascinating, interesting uh, evolution. Exciting road ahead. We're going to be following this in the weeks and months ahead. We haven't heard the last of this topic. I should point out to those of us, those of you who are watching this or listening to this, you, uh, normally we do this in a very, very quiet studio. You might be hearing some ambient noise. There are thousands of people here at the World Government Summit. So um, we'll just wrap it up here. We'll leave it right here. Sean and Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, Cody. Thank you very much. That's it for this episode of Business Extra Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Please remember to follow us wherever you get your podcasting content so you can receive all of our episodes as soon as they come out. This episode was produced by Doa Farid and Arthur Edison. I'm your host, Cody Combs. 